Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Hero World Challenge. That's storylines, it's best bets, it's our picks to win. And joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is back. Mark, welcome. Good to see you again. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back with you, boys. It was touch and go that we nearly didn't make it back. Um, my family and I were on the last flight out of South Africa. Uh, en route to the United States. And to, to get this quickly, we were the third last family on the plane because they had to wait so long to get people on that they were nearing the end of their window for the crew to be able to fly. And so it was touch and go there, but we're back and I'm thankful for it. It's nice was to be that back. because of the lions? Or <laughs> No, mate. Um, no, they can only work for a certain period of time. And there was a, a systems breakdown in the airport because it was like a ghost town. They had no one working there. They couldn't get bags transported. And when we got to the gate, the captain was like, we got 15 minutes. Then we've got to be out here. We've got to stay another night. And so we hit the, play, we hit the ground running, basically. This is, this is like when uh, Bryson went home uh, before the cut <laughs> at uh, Quail Hollow. And then found out <laughs> he made it. Had to turn that flew, jet right around. <laughs> yeah, you probably flew in a different kind of plane on the way back. But pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty similar situation. Well, it was sort of crazy because we, when we get on the flight, it was supposed to be direct to Atlanta. And um, next thing they're like, no, we're flying to Boston and we're going to refuel and pick up a new crew there and then fly to Atlanta. So what should have been 15 hours, 15 and a half hours, turned into a good 19 or so. So it was a hectic wow. travel there. Well, we're glad to have you back, Mark. Now, uh, I do have some bad news for you. There is no one and done this week. Ah! Might, be, might be good news. You're just going to carry that lead directly into 2022. So I don't know if this is good or bad. <laughs> Uh, that's good. Uh, I didn't, I can't remember. I was listening to you guys last week, actually not last week, the week before the RSM, I think it was, um, I was in the African bush felt, but I did, I did listen to you boys, uh, because I was so disappointed that Scotty Scheffler didn't play very well, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to the next season. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, welcome. Welcome. Uh, great to be back. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you all had a had a great trip, Mark. Great to have you back. Excited for excited for tonight's episode. There's a there's a lot that happened lot. in the world of golf today. A, a lot. So this is this should be a good one. Kyle Porter, KP rounds out our foursome for the day. Kyle, good to see you, brother. If we if we run out of golf stuff to talk about, can we just move on to my Oklahoma State Cowboys getting into the to the college football playoff? Sure. The, okay. Uh, there is so much about college football. I'm going to need to yeah, for you to get me up to speed on uh, the way these coaches just like it's, bounce. It's, it's unbelievable. It's crazy. It's it's kind of <laughs> like I mean it's super petty and uh, 
it's it's a ton of fun. Like I, this part of the season is more fun to me than like the the last three months combined. We we've got the biggest name in golf coming here in just one second. But real quick, Kyle, do you if if an athlete transfers? When I was in college, you had to sit out a year. Does that rule yeah. still exist? I honestly don't know. But there was a time where athletes had to sit out a year for transferring and coaches bounce before like the season's even over, get their new paycheck and move on to another job. It's unbelievable. Yeah, well, it was weird because when you and I were in college, well, you were in college after me, but you could transfer to like a lesser or better school and get to play right away. So much has changed. I mean, I was covering this just a year and a half, two years ago. And so much has changed just even in that period of time. I I think you still have to, but you can get like any number of waivers that you uh actually you don't. That's like this whole transfer portal thing. Okay. That you can they go wherever you want. Yeah. You're basically free agency. You get like one go, I think, where you don't have to sit out a year. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. So Good see, night. I don't even know. Like I I'm I'm so out of that world that I'm just I'm I'm lost. Uh, but how happy how happy are you at the uh Lincoln Riley news from Norman, Oklahoma. Are you jealous? Oh, it's, well, it, I wish it would have happened like four years ago. So we wouldn't have had to sit through, you know, seven straight big, or whatever it's been, six straight Big 12 titles. They're going to be, oh, he's going to be gone in two years anyway. Um, I think he's, I think he's really good. And he put OU in a terrible spot, <laughs> which is the, which is the best. Yeah. The, the mass uh, decommits and all that stuff is always fun. Okay. Gentlemen, the biggest name in the world of golf has spoken tiger woods for the first time since his accident nine months ago, uh, yesterday on Monday, there was a golf digest video call and then answered questions on Tuesday morning, Greg bright and early baby. He wakes up and he's ready for his presser. Let's, let's kind of break this up into two different things. The, um, the health and body, and then we'll kind of get to like the golf side of it. So Greg, after hearing Tiger talk about uh, the the injury, the r- amount of rehab that he has undergone, I believe he said he was in the hospital for three weeks and then in a hospital bed at home for another two or three months trying to stay busy. I mean, what were your general takeaways about the still ongoing process of rehabilitation that Tiger Woods is in? When this all first happened, and every it's so funny how the dynamic changes because everybody's wishing – that he could just be a father again. And I hope that tiger can walk again. I hope he keeps his leg. I hope he lives all these really (laughs) nice comments and, you know, thoughtful personal comments come out. And uh, today that was the good news. The good news is we've seen tiger now walk. We've seen him swing a golf club. We know he can be a father again. We know that he has both of his limbs, which as we learned today was not always going to be, you know, that, that wasn't a given at a certain point. So, I mean, that was a big deal. He's gone through a lot of difficult rehab, as he said many times. And now we see him swing the club once and all of a sudden he's at 35 to one to win the masters. Right. But, but <laughs> the, the reality of it is if you listen to what he's saying, he's not really close to competing again and, and he's not even halfway through the process. So I do think we need to, settle our expectations. I'm not saying the four of us here, but the general public needs to settle and and kind of pump the brakes here because it's still going to be a while. We're not really close to him coming back and playing golf. But the good news is all those things that we had that we wished before when it first happened, and he can 
play with his kids again, that he can walk, that he is alive and that he has his all of his limbs. Though that's the good news of of the day and he seems to be in in pretty good spirits as well, which is great. There are few people, Mark, that have probably gone through rehab as much as Tiger Woods has. He said, uh, what, five back surgeries, another five surgeries in other places. Um, He's almost like he is so aware of the process of some days you can push the body a little bit further than others. Some days you just have to say, let's stop it here. I, I mean, he is he treats rehab like he treats golf or literally any other thing he puts his mind to it's it's really amazing the way that he that he does this well it truly is um and his strength bar his superhuman human skills with the golf club in his hand has probably been more mental and he's more mentally acute than anyone i would argue that's ever played the game And, and he approaches everything like that and you could hear um to your observation the the kind of the conviction that he spoke about the rehab process but I can't just help, you know, as I as I watched that thing this morning, I, I try to put myself in his place. And this is discounting all the surgeries that have gone before this. It, it, the, when he spoke about lying in bed for three months, and, and you could almost see the pain in his eyes and you could feel it in his countenance, and then speaking about, okay, well, then eventually I got outside and I was just able yeah. to lie on the grass and look at the sky. I mean... Uh, imagine to what you were saying there, lying in that hotel bed, not knowing if you're going to lose your leg or not. You're not even considering playing golf again. You're essentially just trying to live because that must have been excruciating. And he did say that through all of that, um, the the pain medication was not making a difference. I mean, because his leg was basically obliterated. It was pulverized. So I put myself in that place going, a lot of folks may have checked out mentally and given up, but just going day to day. And I think that was always been his key. Tiger is always, when I've called him and I've watched him play, no matter how he was playing, it was always a shot by shot thing. Mm-hmm. And whether it was going good or bad, he was the master at staying right in the moment and allowing the thing to sort of come to him and never over trying. He always hit the right shot. It seemed like, and and he's done the same thing now with this rehab process, but, it's a long road, and you can hear him talk about it, and and I feel for the human in him. Just putting the athlete aside, going through that pain has has got to be excruciating, and having that twenty four seven, and and then just almost learning to walk again, and then when they're breaking down scar tissue and stuff, and oh, good golly, I mean this is unfathomable. I think just for the regular golfer, and even the athletes, if you had to speak to any athlete who's had any manner of surgery or injury like this, well, not even like this. I mean, this was almost life-threatening. Uh, they'd tell you that it's so hard, and and he's going through something that's I don't think anyone can really understand. The pain aspect of it, uh, I think, is important, KP, because that is seemingly still ongoing. Literally, as he sits there, are you, uh, I don't even know who asked the question or what the question was. Are you in pain right now? Yes, I am. My back, my like, it, or my back, my leg. Uh, so this is, and I think you were uh, kind of alluding to some of this on Twitter, uh, both today and yesterday. There's, there's seemingly been a little shift around Tiger and the expectations that he has kind of put on himself right yeah i think so uh real quick to mark's point i thought it was very i think this was a golf digest quote the interview that he did with um with them 
where he talked about like going outside and watching the birds for an hour. And it was so just like melancholy and kind of like haunting, but also kind of sweet at the same time. I don't know. It was just like some of those quotes were, were kind of surreal to hear one of the best athletes of all time say out loud. Uh, and then in terms of uh, future expectations, you know, for him, I mean, listen, like he shows up to Tory in 08. Uh, how old was he then? Mark 32? Uh, I, 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 that's your <laughs> that's your area of expertise, bro. Yeah, he'll know. be 46 next month. So it's minus 13, 33, 30, 32, 33. Yeah. He's got a broken leg and a torn ACL. And he's like, my expectation is to play competitively <laughs> right. and we didn't know about the injuries at the time so all that to say like he's never been somebody to really lower expectations of himself uh publicly or privately privately he was saying i'm gonna win the u.s open and publicly he was you know kind of given the the boilerplate speech and yet over the last two days it <clears throat> i don't want to read too too far between the lines but he's basically waving the white flag, right? Uh, at least when it comes to winning majors and, and really even winning at all. You know, I was struck by how he kind of said, like, even if I could get my leg to the point where I could potentially play again, I don't even really know if I want to. He said something like, I don't have the... He was talking about playing a full schedule, playing on tour again, like like a lot. He's like, I don't really have any desire to do that. Oh, the thing that's been obscured by all of this is the fact that his back got operated on in, in January, right? We, that's like an issue in and of itself. That's a major issue in and of itself. You combine it with the leg and I don't know, man, he talks about, you know, winning my last major. Like he, it, I think it's foolish to kind of look at where he's at and what he said over the last couple of days and think, Oh yeah, Tiger's going to, he's probably going to win another major. He, 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 he can, he can be competitive at majors uh, for the next few years. It's just, I don't know, like the way he said what he said, that's just not reality. You know, Carl, I'm so glad you said that because you do a great job on social about posting clips from the uh, press transcripts. And I heard that statement I've I got that last major and I rewound it and I listened again so I made sure I had the vernacular appropriate and he said I got that last major basically saying to us okay people I'm not telling you but I'm telling you I'm done yeah but then he quickly turns around and he starts comparing himself to Ben Hogan who had a horrific car accident too and basically shattered his pelvis but Hogan was 36 when this happened mm -hmm. Tiger is 46 and then he started to reference too that uh, you know that he's lost his speed. Obviously, he had lost some after all the back surgeries, but now he's not going to be able to leverage off the ground at all. And there's going to be a huge up to downtick in clubhead speed. And I started thinking, and I've spoken to a number of players who have been through not the injury but the career fall off when you start hitting certainly age forty and then beyond. And as you get into sort of above forty five. It happens fast. It's like yeah. a snowball thing. And Tiger's on the wrong end of 45 right now, and he's had all these surgeries, and now he's got a bum leg. Um, you heard him speak about, well, if the Torah wants to make golf courses that are like 6,000, well, he didn't use a number, but <laughs> you want to give me short golf courses, I can play because I've got the speed in my hands. But I just can't hang with a 
big boys off the tee anymore on seven and a half, eight thousand yard golf courses. So, yeah, he didn't say I'm done, but he intimated as far as to say, like you say, I don't even know if I want to go through this all again because it reminds me of that Bill Parcells quote where you remember there was a playoff game and he was at the Cowboys and Tony Romo fumbled the, the field goal snap and they lost and they didn't go through, right? And then Parcells, legend and coach, apparently he was quoted as saying, he goes, when that happened, the first thing I thought was, I'm going to have to go through preseason, training camp, all the stuff to get back to this place, and I don't think I've got it anymore. And it's real. And at age 46, now Tiger talks about his kids nonstop. So, look, do we want him to play? Sure. But, Greg, to your point, we've got to temper expectations because he's not – he's Tiger 5.0 now. Yeah, I think it, it's a great point, Mark. And I think that people don't realize the the kind of mental and physical suffering you have to put yourself through in even just preparing to – this is what I wrote today. Even, to, even preparing – in practice and getting your body ready and all this stuff, just to get to a place where you have like a 2% chance of winning a major, like all this, all this just outrageous amount of work to get, to give yourself like a one in 60 chance of winning a major championship when, when you tee it up, you know, he, he's, he's sounded, if you listen to how he was saying things, he just sounded tired and, I think that tiredness has led to just this reconciliation of his his just very ambitious spirit with his very broken down body that he's at peace with. And I think that's a great thing. Like that's I think it can get lost sometimes. It's like, oh, Tiger doesn't man, he just doesn't have the fight anymore. It's like, yeah, he he had it more intensely than anybody for 20 straight years. So I think <laughs> it's okay that he that he doesn't. And uh I was encouraged to kind of hear him talk about being at peace with with never, um, you know, with never climbing to that apex ever again in his career. You know what? Forgive me. I, I've just got to say this, Greg. Sorry, and Rick. Uh, you know, as I've been privy to seeing some of his play up close, you know, between the ropes, and you know, was when I was instructed to watch him, you know, because when I was teaching, he was basically at his very best. Um, and I remember him being like a supernova, and he was never going to have the luxury of just riding off into the sunset like all of the other champions in golf. He, he just, it was never going to be Tiger because of the fan expectations, because of what he did, because of the groundswell of emotion around him all of the time. And he was just going to have to flame out or have something like this happen. And all of a sudden I, I, I hearken back to those thoughts and go, and I sort of go, well, maybe this was kind of Tiger's, I'm going to do my farewell tour. Now, he's not going to because he's Tiger, and he's proved me wrong so many times. But there's this thing to say, just, look, I'm going to play some ceremonial stuff, perhaps. And if I get into contention, watch out. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to sort of enjoy it all now. Let's let's talk about that riding into the, the sunset uh, point there, Greg, because – if I know Tiger, and I don't claim to know Tiger, but <laughs> the guy, the guy's pretty competitive. Okay, very, very competitive. Uh, he made a very passing comment about him four years away from being able to ride a cart. Obviously, referring to the Champions Tour, I could see Tiger just taking four years, getting to ride around in a cart, spanking these guys on the Champions Tour. <laughs> like I, 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 I could see. There's no way. Like I know that he doesn't want to try to climb Mount Everest again. 
but I also feel like he's going to have to find some things to keep the competitive juices flowing. Maybe that's the PNC championship. Maybe that's whatever, but I don't think this guy cannot compete. That is a very interesting point. And I heard him mention that. And I was wondering, is that, is that, uh, it, it was a kind of an obvious reference to the champions tour, but maybe it was a reference to retirement. I don't know why you'd have to wait until 50 to just ride around a cart at, at medalist or wherever he's, wherever he decides to play. But I, I have a hard time seeing him really playing on the PGA tour champions. I mean, if, if, but again, it goes back to what his desires are. So I kind of sit in this place where when I listen to that interview, at both of them, my thought is he's telling us he's telling us he's done. Yeah. But then to your point about his competition. So so my analytical side says he's done. He just told us he told us pretty much straight up he's done. And I may play a couple more times, but at the same time. I wonder if he, if he's playing us a little bit and he's tempering our expectations. So we say exactly what I said in, in my first remarks and said, well, let's pump the brakes on Tiger here. He just told us he's done. And then all of a sudden he gets the feel of that little nipper around the greens. And then he hits that flush iron shot that, that he talked about and gets that uh, gets a, a feel of that. Uh, of the bottom of a bunker shot where he's really slapping the sand. And all of a sudden the numbers start to come back <laughs> and this whole, and his plans change. Now. Why are the, you doing uh, this, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> he's one bunker shot away from going after right? it again. <laughs> is he, this is, this is the, the golf junkie in us. And I know this feeling where all of a sudden you play one round and you hit that one shot and you just can't get enough and you can't stop thinking about it. And all of a sudden your plans change. But again, can his body support that? I mean, in 2018, we can't forget in 2018 when he talked, this, my favorite part of the interview was when he talked about what he did, the journey going back, finding out that, okay, I can play. Okay, I'm shooting in the sixties. I nearly won at Valspar. I proved that I could. I, I got in contention at two major championships. I closed well at the PGA, even though I didn't win. Won the tour championship and then a master's champ. But in that year, he played 18 events. He played 18 events in 2018. And that that's not happening again. Yeah, He's going to be, if he's halfway through the process, let's say he can't play this year. Let's just say that. Because he said, I'm not even halfway through the process. He's going to be, what, 47? When he, when he just starts to get a taste, I'm not sure that's a guy that's well, really ready to go win. He, the quote, I'll let you go, Mark, but I just want to give this quote real quick. He said, I don't see, he, he mentioned all the things you just mentioned, Bell Reeve, uh, British Tour Championship Masters, not in that order, I messed it up. But he said, well, I don't see that type of trend going forward for me. I won't have the opportunity to practice given the condition of my leg and buildup. I just don't. I'll have a, I'll just have a different way of doing it, and that's okay, and I'm at peace with that. I've made the climb enough times. The different way of doing it, the only place where there's a different way of doing it that he could potentially like – again, I don't think he's going to win. I don't even know if he's going to play. But the only sliver of hope for that into the future, I think, is at an, at an open championship. You go to Hoy Lake, you start thinking your way around there. You don't have to hit these mammoth drives off the tee. You can just, you know, hit these little piss rods off, you know, with your three wood or whatever. 
And you could talk me into something like that, but everywhere else, I just, it's, it's difficult to envision. Go ahead, Mark. That's what I was going to point out. Um, Nick Faldo actually made the point um, where he's like, well, well, I'll say this first. Tiger still has it in his hands. I mean, did you see that swing footage? The guy hasn't played in forever, and that swing looks so downright sexy, that three-second clip he put on social media. Now, it was at off speed. I mean, that thing was moving like my swing speed over there. And if he gets to a place where the ball will run out, then he can do it. My concern, he's got it in the hands. He'll never lose that. He's Tiger freaking woods, for, 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 for goodness sake. But when you've got to walk four rounds around a place uh let's 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 even discount augusta national which the walk is next to impossible even if you're in good shape he's on a bum wheel five back surgeries good lord that, that's that's going to be superhuman just to pull that off now if we get to a flattish place and he can you know epsom salts bath himself every evening and get a little <laughs> adrenaline going and that sort of stuff maybe but 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 to me and and, and i'm borrowing this from nick felder felder's like Easy people. He's got to walk four rounds before he starts competing four rounds. And he's also got to get good weather. Remember yeah. what happened in 2018. So in open championship, it's great that it's flat. It's great that it can get really firm and bouncy and doesn't always play very long, but it better not be 50 degrees. It better <laughs> not be windy. It better not be cold. And how many more are we talking about? If he's, Back playing his first open championship at 47, is he he and Phil are at very different ages, even hey, though he's Phil, five years hey, younger. Hey, Phil won a major at 51. I know yeah, that's what that's why I said. Phil can uh, kick over your head, Mark. As yeah, well. Phil Phil's got like a Phil's got like a 41 year old's body, and Tiger's more like 61. Phil's right? in better shape now than he was at 31. Okay, <laughs> Phil, it, is, it, Phil is more flexible than I am, and he has 18 years. Yes, yes, the thing, right? You talk about the competition, Rick. I know it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out Tiger would like to eclipse Snead and get 83. I yes. think that would that would be appropriate. The Jack Nicholas thing is out of the window. But knowing Tiger and Phil and the relationship they've had, if there's one thing he would like to do is somehow get a victory after age 51 on the tour, just so he can Phil up a little bit. I, I know it's fun to talk about and he would love to do it. But Phil, one of the things Phil talked about in, in his quest to win that major at 51 was how he had to work on his focus. He had to work on his yes. mental preparation. And to do that, he had to play 36 or more holes in a day. And he just had to keep playing holes to continue to, to focus. And everything that Tiger said is that's out of the question. So I don't I I don't see the pathway to even an open championship. I, I mean, maybe you could talk me into winning a Honda Classic, winning a, a Valspar. I, I think his best Valspar, chance is one of horrible to walk. Good lord. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, but it's it's better than some of the other places we play on tour. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the maybe it's the players. I don't know if there's one, but again, <laughs> it, it, it's a long shot. That would be crazy. Yeah, Rick, that could be. Rick, you haven't you haven't. T- I want to hear your takes. What are you your see? Thoughts? I don't want to go on the record about if Tiger's going to ever win again or anything. Well, just, just, wrong, Rick. Go for it. Yeah. Just in general, it doesn't listen, have to be about winning. Listen, just whatever you um, whatever you want to talk about. 
Yeah, I think I think the one thing that you brought up that that lingers in the back of my head is there were questions in January about how he was going to play after the back surgery. And then you get a uh, seismic uh, shift in his body and future here with this car accident. Um, I, I think it is very, very unlikely that he ever contends anywhere again outside of maybe the champions tour if he wants to go that route but just knowing the path and what it's going to take and i think the big thing is tiger will not be embarrassed so he will not go out there unless he thinks he can compete or win maybe he does uh, you know the farewell tour at augusta national or whatever but just like he won't play six events if he can't compete in six events and if he can't get back in that condition we might never really ever see it again and and i think it is just a long uphill battle and he's got everything going against him i think i think he, i still think he should have retired after the 2019 masters on the spot just <laughs> i'm that's 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 it like that's the best that i can do and yeah you know it's interesting because people keep bringing up like hey we've been here before tiger in whatever it was 20s 16, 17 said at the hero world at, at Albany, he said, um, you know, everything after this is just gravy. Remember that weird, not weird, but it was like a very, you know, sobering press conference of like, wow, Tiger doesn't look great. He, he clearly doesn't feel great. And I think the difference this time is like, he hadn't had the spinal fusion yet that kind of fixed or band-aided his body. He was still like, he hadn't gotten to a place that he eventually would get to. And the difference now is that he's speaking like this, having like, there's not another, there's not like a, a fix. There's not like another surgery that's going to like fix yeah. whatever pain that he's feeling. It is what it is right now. And I think he, uh, it, you know, he knows that there's not a fix coming in the future. And I think that's kind of why he's talking the way that he is. And there's also no assurance that he just continues to trend up and to the right. He knows setbacks. He know, like there, it's just, there are so many variables um, that go into this, especially being, as Mark put it, on the wrong side of 45. It's 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 interesting. Uh, he did 41 minutes with Golf Digest. He did the presser on Tuesday morning. I'm going to throw out one last nugget. I'm sure we'll talk more about this. But Mark, uh, Tiger Woods very much cemented uh, that his legacy is with the PGA Tour and uh, no other tour. And he uh, spoke in uh, no uncertain terms about that. Yeah, you know what? He, he was typical Tiger to me in the press room, a little bit more endearing than what I've seen him in the past because typically he can be quite curt and he answers, he sort of speaks in sound bites a lot of the time, but he was very conversational. But when certain questions were asked, he sort of just brushed them aside like he used to do. But when they asked about these rival leagues, he came out and effectively put the dagger in them both. Now, we I said this off the air, and when he said this, he spoke of his legacy was with the tour and and uh, he, the history of it all. And and he was firmly behind the tour. And then he, he recognized Jay Monaghan as well, who's taken a bunch of grief from, you know, a lot of ports through this, this, this whole debacle. Tiger goes, I'm a PGA Tour guy. Now, when Rory McIlroy does that, it's a big deal. When John Rahm did it recently, it's a pretty big deal. World's number one player. But when Tiger sits here and goes, nah, I'm with the tour on this. That is a huge deal. And I, I'm wondering, because of the voice that he has, when he's contemporaries and the folks that look up to him, the Justin Thomases, this sort of crowd of the world, when they hear Woods speaking in this fashion, 
they suddenly go, oh boy, am I going to be the guy who just goes for the fat paycheck or I'm going to be the guy who plays for the legacy of it all? So, so, so this was, I, I think of all of the stuff he said today, that PGL quip of his was comfortably one of the top three most important. It, it helps when the fat paycheck exists on the PGA tour as well. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it, it does. And it's only getting fatter, which I think is also a, a big credit to Jay Monahan. And that, that decision just seems the, the more that comes out and the more the tour does, the decision becomes a no decision because the, the tour is just answering all the, they're answering all the, every question. So it, it, it be, it's become really obvious to me. But you're right, Mark. It does go a long way when Tiger when Tiger says it, which he should. And I think it's clear that he would, but it, it does go a long way. I'll, I'll be honest. When the question, I think it was Doug Ferguson that asked the question. When the question was asked, I was like, ah, oh, Tiger's going to basically fob this thing off. And when he started going where he was, I was sitting there with my mouth hanging open and going, are you serious? Because typically that sort of stuff, he stays away. Tiger's very down the middle of the track because you 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 got to be a little careful when you're at that level of the game. And when he went about what when he went about saying what he was saying, I was like, "Good golly, this is this is off the charts." Yeah, we're certainly not. Uh, we're certainly going to hear more about other leagues and threats and all that stuff. Tiger Woods making his stance very clear. KP, I want to switch gears uh, and honor another legend here because on Monday, Lee Elder passed at the age of 87, the first black player to ever compete at the Masters. Uh, he is truly a story of uh, resilience. One who had to not only deal with uh, his parents passing away. I believe it age 10, but obviously all the things that you can imagine uh, being a black professional golfer in the game, in the game, in the sport of golf. Yeah. You know, it was was interesting. I I wrote up just kind of his story on uh, Monday, whenever he passed away. And, you know, it's a story of, of um, obviously a a lot of courage, but also a lot of grace and humility. You know, I was, I was so struck. I, I covered him, uh, I, Mark probably covered him coming up, but I covered him. At the- <laughs> That's rude, man. At, uh, that was just okay. I've done drive-bys before. That was just like straight drive-by. Well, I, I, it sounded like I was about to say I covered him. Pl- I did not cover him playing, uh, so I just decided to th- you know astray at at Mark there. But um, I covered him when he did the when he was part of the the ceremonial opening tee shot at, at Augusta this last year. And I was so struck by his press conference afterwards. He was sitting there next to Jack Nicholas and Gary Player, and he had he was basically given an opportunity to turn the spotlight on himself, to talk about his four PGA Tour wins, to talk about all that he had accomplished in the game, and and really the the path that he had cleared for uh, guys like Tiger. I mean, Tiger won the Masters twenty two years, which is not that long after. Lee Elder was the was the first um, African American to to play in the tournament. That's that's kind of that's really crazy. And he he didn't talk about any of that. He essentially just said it's an honor to be invited into this, uh, to be um, kind of um, part of of this group at at the ceremonial tee shot, and to be honored by the club. And it just it struck me as such a moment of like humility and grace uh which are not two characteristics that we see a ton in the world and 
I'll just, I don't know, man. I'll always remember that. And I, I did, again, I didn't, I don't, I wasn't part of a ton of his career, but the part of my career that he was part of, I'll just, that was a huge takeaway for me uh, from this year's masters. And and that'll be the way that I kind of uh, always remember him. Mark, when, when you're a trailblazer, whether that is in business or sport or, or life, uh, I, I imagine there are things that many of us uh, will never encounter. And, and Lee, Lee Elder, uh, certainly a trailblazer who, who, pa- who paved the way, as Kyle was mentioning, uh, for the likes of Tiger Woods. Yeah. And, you know, I've spoken at length with Gary Player about a lot of things. And, you know, when Mr. Player was coming out, he was in, in a strange sort of a way of trailblazer too, because at that stage, South Africa was shunned from world sport given the apartheid laws. And wherever Mr. Player went, he was boycotted. Folks would cuss and swear and, and throw stuff at him. And down in Australia one time, they, they vandalized the golf course. And he had, he had to deal with his share of upheaval and, and, and headwinds. But he spoke about Lee Elder in absolute biblical proportion to me. And when someone like Gary would speak about another golfer that way, then I would sort of stand up and turn around. Incidentally, he spoke the same way about Arnold Palmer. Gary did. And so I instantly, because of that, had a, a huge admiration for Mr. Elder. And so I did, I did my bit and I sort of learned a little bit about it. But I never saw him play. But I got to tell you, when Augusta National decided to make him an honorary starter, I, I, I was struck. They always do the right thing over there. And the timing of it was divine because he wasn't well at the time and it all worked out. And to have him and his family out there was just, it was so great. And to be alongside a Nicholson player on that first tee was, it was a moment I'll never forget. And and Carl was there too. It was so, so special. But in a nutshell to me, Lee Elder sort of embodied what golf is supposed to be. It's the gentleman's game, right? And everything about Lee Elder, he was the ultimate gentleman. And he was the ultimate gentleman despite what happened to him as he was coming up through the career. Stuff wasn't easy, but still, to Carl's observation, was a gentleman, spoke with great grace, treated people like he wanted to be treated. He, he was just a gem, and, and the world is a worse place because he's now moved on to heaven. Although, just to piggyback on that, Mark, um, Rick, you mentioned Trailblazer and how he, he tr- blazed a trail for Tiger Woods. And what that led to is blazing the trail for all of us and this podcast. And w- without Tiger Woods, none of this is here. So uh, I, I know that there's a there's a lot made about being the first the, the first black golfer to play in the Masters. And it's a big deal. But it's a much bigger deal than just that because it affects everybody. It, it affects everybody in the game of golf. I mean, you think about where the game has gone now with Drive, chip, and putt, which Augusta National is a part of. PGA Junior League. Um, all, the, all the initiatives that we have going on for the youth of the game, the first tee, I can't leave that one out. The game is healthier because of individuals like Lee Elder, and the effects are much wider than they appear and much wider than we write about and, and we talk about on the surface. So um, very grateful for him. And he, we're sad to have him... Be no longer with us, but um, but we're very happy. He he left the game in a much better place than when he started. That's for sure. Ray, did you see the the photo that I tweeted of him and Tiger at the Masters? 
Oh, I don't think I did. There's an amazing picture of, I think it's from, I get, I mean, it is from 97. He drove down to watch Tiger, I guess his final round. And there's an unbelievable photo oh, of them yeah. uh, where he's just like, kind of like Tiger's kind of like almost like cradling him, like in his, like in his upper chest area. And it's just such this like cool picture of like, <clears throat> you know, Tiger accomplished this unreal thing at the age of 21 and there's there's some uh yeah here we go here it is. that's awesome if it's you're so watching good. on youtube we're, we're showing it on youtube he looks you know the elder looks um tired or i i don't know he's he's just he's age he's aging at that point and it was almost like a, a passing of the torch might be like too strong of a phrase but it that that's kind of what it feels like when you look at that photo yeah incredible stuff We'll leave it there. We're going to uh, turn our attention to the Hero World Challenge. We are going to give our picks. But first, we are going to hear a word from our partners. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back. Uh, let's do the <laughs> Hero World Challenge. We're going to go through our expert picks. Gentlemen, as mentioned, there is no one and done. So uh, I guess we're not getting any closer to you, Mark, but we will We will do our best to try to find some winners here. Uh, we're going to go sleeper, top five this week, and then a winner. So, Greg... Remember, we've got 20, 20 person field. They're all pretty yeah. darn good. When you were uh, handicapping this field, trying to figure everything out, how, what level of difficulty would you assess this? Well, um, what? How would we define before we get into sleepers? Our definition of sleeper would leave well uh, one player, right? It, yeah. Only- this week we have we right. So are we setting a, a a boundary line here uh, in, in altercation to the term sleeper this week? I would argue if you picked anybody in the th- bottom third, uh, so like the bottom like seven guys of the odds, you found yourself a sleeper. Obviously, they're going to be like 18 to one or something like that. <laughs> right. So we could say it's uh, plus 2,000. Sure. Plus 2,000. Anything in the twos, I'll call a sleeper. 
Um, and if, you know, if you disagree or had a different idea that that's okay, but that that's where I'm drawing this line. And I would have to say the the guys in this category are now Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka, Matt Fitzpatrick, Pat Reed, Patrick Reed. I'm sorry, Matt, Matt, you buddies with him. I like Pat, <laughs> Pat Reed, uh, Justin Rose, Tyrell Hatton, Harris English and Henrik Stenson. And looking at that group, there's one guy that sticks out to me, likely because he's just really fresh on the top of my mind, and it'd be Brooks Kepka. We never get the opportunity to call him a sleeper, but I liked what I saw out of Brooks's game at the match. I, I don't know how much you can take from a, uh, an expected 12-hole match with against one individual. But the thing I liked, I liked to see the shot shape Brooks Kepka had. His ball was starting online. He had control of his golf ball tee to green. Uh, and he and he rolled it really nicely as well. And that could go a long way. And I'm wondering if the comments that we heard earlier in the year that I was a little early on about being a range rat, really putting some work into the game, um, if if he's motivated this year, we're going to see a different Brooks Kepka. I do think it could be a great golf course for him. Looking at the past winners here at Albany, they are pretty much elite iron players that that seems to be at least the, the majority of them even the guys that come in second um are are elite iron players brooks this past year wasn't necessarily an elite iron player but when he's won in major championships that he's won and in those seasons he's been very very good with his iron play and and often the best in the field so i wonder if we're going to start to see a little more of that out of brooks and and for that reason he would be my my sleeper Brooks Kepka for Greg KP. I I think there's two types of players this week. Those who are there to hoist a trophy and those who might just be enjoying a little bit of a uh, end of year vacation. Not sure where they all fall. I could make my guesses, but that's how I've kind of assessed this. And I wonder if you've done the same as you've tried to find your sleeper. Yeah, I think once I think once you get going, everybody's super competitive. I think it's more about what have you been doing for the last m- month, maybe. Uh, I'm curious if you if you can tell me, Rick, because my sleeper is the guy who's second in this field since January one in terms of strokes gained overall. Do you know who that is? Uh, well, I, I in the outline, so I definitely know who your sleeper is. But I did know I did know this. I did know this about said golfer. And actually, I'll add another bit of context. He has gained strokes on approach every single event that he has played since Pebble Beach. Every single yeah, event. He, yeah, and he's also second on the year to a different guy in strokes gained on approach. So we're talking about Daniel Berger. Uh, only Spieth has a better strokes gain number overall, and only Colin Morikawa has a better strokes gain approach number uh, in 2021. He really, you know, I was going back through numbers this year, and he's had kind of a low-key great year you know he he doesn't have a t- he only has one win and he doesn't have a lot of those top three appearances but he's got like eight top tens in just 19 starts and his number his statistics are just tremendous so i i like his game also at this course because he's really good around the greens and it's a place where if you i mean remember tiger chipping here a couple years ago is just like tough to watch and a lot of guys have talked about if you miss these greens there's some really difficult spots to get up and down that's what kind of pushed me away from somebody like a victor hovland um so yeah i like burger this week a lot 
Daniel Berger, 18 to 1, according to our friends over at Caesars. I'm going with Matt Fitzpatrick, 22 to 1. He has played 24 times this year. He has earned a top two. I think it's a top 20 in eight of them, eight out of 24, a third of them, always near the top of the leaderboard, which leaves you, Mark, with a sleeper. And you are going with one who is very familiar with this golf course. Yeah, homeboy, although he's moved back to the UK, he told me when I spoke with him recently. Uh, and just to put a bow on Berger, it was on this very show that, remember, he was sort of the lockdown player of the year kind of thing. He won um, Colonial and he won at Pebble. And f there were arguments made that at the time he was comfortably one of the top players in the in, in the world, the way if, he was playing. If I remember correctly, Kyle had him in his oh, power rankings yeah, yeah. and everyone shredded him for it. Yeah, I got I got destroyed for that. And you guys can all, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you were closer well, right I'm, than wrong. Yeah. I'm acknowledging you and, and he's good around you because the grass that they play on, he, he's he's a fantastic chipper off Bermuda and that spiny sort of strong grass. But I'm going with Justin Rose. Um, the form has been encouraging. Uh, I watched him closely there. He fell off. I had him for a few holes at the Travelers on, on Saturday afternoon. But he's working with Foley again. It looks like the golf swing's coming into good order. And he's playing at a place that was his home course. Had, I think, three top fives around here in this event. So uh, I have a sense that Rose might get a little home course vibes going on and, and can continue some good play. Justin Rose for Mark. Brooks Kepka for Greg. Kyle is straight vibing with Daniel Berger. I'll take Matt Fitzpatrick, which now we go to a top five here, Greg. So this you got to beat, uh, what, 75% of the field to get yourself into the top five for this week. Have you found us someone who will accomplish that goal? Yes. Um, and look, you mentioned this right off the top. There are some guys that are here to really compete and they're preparing for it. And it means a lot to them. There are other players where it's the end of the year vacation, as you said, Rick. Um, so one player who I think will finish in the top five is one of the best players in the world, if not one of the hottest players in the world. Same. And I, I believe he has a lot of motivation this week because he hasn't been invited to this kind of thing before. And he wants to prove that he really belongs Sammy. here. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy Burns. So I, I think there's really high strokes gain motivation going on for him. I also have noticed that in the last two Wait, years. What is, what is strokes gain motivation? <laughs> like strokes uh, gain colon motivation? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, a, it's like Webb Simpson strokes gained colon attitude. I'll add the I'll add the punctuation in there next time. But I, I think there's a really high motivation factor for him. And and his iron play has become a, a real strength of his game. He's fourth so far in 2022 in strokes gain, colon, approach the green. Last year he was 30. <laughs> approach hyphen the approach hyphen green. green. Please say please say colon. I'm thinking of other stuff when you say colon. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold Thank on. You. I'm looking at that commercial on, on TV. Come on, Greg. Oh, boy. So, but this year he's played four events on the PGA Tour in 2021 in this wraparound season. He has a win. He has a tied fifth. He has a tied seventh. Uh, and his worst, his worst event of the year is a tied 14th. So he's in great form. And again, I, I think his skill set will really suit the venue. Top five, Sam Burns. 
plus 230 for Sam Burns to finish inside the top five. Let's shake up the order. I'll go with Xander Shoffley, plus 188. You get him in a no-cut event. He's got no flaws. Uh, I believe he's locked and loaded, motivated, ready to go at Albany. And Mark, we'll go to you next. Your pick to finish inside the top five, please. He's finished runner-up here before. One of his two PGA Tour wins has been uh, outside of the contiguous U.S., and if you've been paying attention to social media, Boyd Summerese's coach has been with him out there in Silver Rock, and he's been dusting up John Rahm pretty badly. Shot 59 the other day and did so at a canter. Um, Tony Finau, I mean, the guy looks sensational in practice. And in this relaxed sort of an environment around a golf course, I think he can really thrive. Plus 250 on Tony Finau to finish inside the top five, which, Kyle, that leaves you to let us know who will finish inside the top five, please. Uh, I've got Victor Hovland. I wanted to mm. pick him to win. Uh, he's been – he's been. you could talk me into him being a better ball striker right now than John Rahm and Colin Morikawa. Um, Morikawa because he does more off the tee and Rahm because he, because – Hovland is better with his approach play, but I just get a little queasy about some of the around the green stuff still. So I'm going top five instead this week. If he were to win Kyle, uh, he would be amassing quite a animal trophy collection. Oh, so, I didn't even think about this. Two yeah. iguanas. Two iguanas and then the tiger uh, holding the yeah. globe trophy here. He that's, just needs like the, strong start. the the trophy Hassan Hawk from the European tour. <laughs> hey, wait, settle down, boys. It's not an iguana. That thing is a chameleon. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense because it's El Chameleon. <laughs> it's a chameleon, Kyle. <laughs> I, yeah, my, my animal knowledge is just very subpar. I, I, all my kids are telling me fat animal facts all the time, and I'm like, I, where did you learn that? Like, how do you know that? And, and I don't. So it's not, it's a tough scene. A chameleon is technically, it was not, it's not an iguana, but it is a highly specialized lizard, uh, according to Wikipedia, which, as we know, is always correct. <laughs> <It's> gospel. <laughs> uh, Jacob. So are you, are you telling me he's a lock to win the John Deere Classic, too? Because that's got the deer. Oh yeah, I mean, he might just. There might be a mantle full of animal trophies. Is this be, the next? Is this the no, next? That's caps, a man cave. The next caps lock slam is just actually animal trophy slam. Yeah, yeah I'm in for that. We coined have that. We, have we forgotten any? The Valspar. Watch out for him at the Valspar. Well, the Valspar is just a paintbrush, right? It's Wait, isn't it the snake? Oh no, that's just it's, a trophy there. Yeah, yeah. Was it we, ever? They, they, they updated the Valspar my, one. Uh, my fault. Sanderson. Oh, yeah. Sanderson, yeah. the rooster yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. So he's got a couple more. Uh, picks to win. That is where we are. And this always ends horribly for us because three of us have the same golfer here and uh, it never works out. So we will go with the lone wolf, uh, which is you. Oh, Jacob, which is you, sir, Mr. Immelman, the lone wolf, your pick to win for this week. Oh, yeah, I'm the lone wolf. I'm going with a dude who I think is going to get the baby bump this week. Um, mm. Great iron player, as Kyle points out. And, and I just have to say this before I sh share my pick. Bet against Rory McIlroy at your own peril. 
just saying the way he's beginning to play watch out and he's hooked up with bannon again uh, i i see really good big things on his horizon but i'm going with jordan spieth um new baby in the household i'm sure the mood is light he's he's got that way about him he's played pretty well around you before uh, i just like spieth especially in the wind and off this ground if you want to talk about a guy who is w- a wizard with a wedge off tough lies is jordan spieth and so if you miss a few greens he's your guy so i'm going with spieth 12 to 1, Jordan Spieth to win this week's Hero World Challenge, which leaves myself, Kyle, and Greg with the same golfer. Uh, Greg, stage is yours first. Have at it. Not good. Okay. Um, yeah, I never like this. Makes me feel very uneasy. Yeah. Um, uh, it almost makes me want to change my mind. Yeah, but I'm you want to change? Because, no, I don't. Because this is it's gonna, worse I, to I, change. It's worse, it's to, worse change, to change, and then he wins. It's way worse. And I don't want to lead anybody down the wrong path here. Um, but it's Justin Thomas, right? I mean, this is, it's a very, it's very clear to me, which is also dangerous, but I mean, he's finished. He had a, he had a nice Ryder cup tied 18th at the CJ cup third at the worldwide technology championship at Mayakoba, which you could argue he should have won that tournament. Um, so he's played some really good golf so far this year. And he is also the second, the second best iron player in the game. And, and I think the iron players do really well here. And that's the, the uh, area of strength we're really looking for. And Morikawa is the favorite and he just is coming off of a win and he may, he may, Morikawa may win, but I think Justin Thomas is right there. And I think he's a little extra hungry because of his good pal tiger kind of coming out, which I think goes to the, uh, the inspiration or the strokes gain colon uh that's better uh, yeah <laughs> motivation inspiration motivation i was gonna hey, say inspiration marikawa can go to number one in the world this yeah. week right i was surprised Which by that because i thought i saw sweet. two weeks ago he couldn't but yes i guess with the the strength of field this week he could he could get it done which would be interesting oh. with, with a win and only a win i think is that right i think so yeah 19 other golfers he's got to beat out. Uh, KP, I obviously agree with everything that Greg said. The other thing that I think is noteworthy about Justin Thomas is he is he's a good foreshadower. You see his wins coming, um, and I believe he is telling us right now that a win is imminent now that he's gaining multiple strokes on approach in like six consecutive events. A lot of it's going to come down to the putter, but th- this is what he does before he eventually wins. Yeah, I... It, <sighs> His 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 tee to green stuff's been awesome, and his putting has been so so bad. Right? I mean, this we talked about this. I think it was after the CJ Cup, maybe, but um, he just it's been so erratic since the Players Championship, essentially. And every time I think it's going to get better, it doesn't. Um, Greg's right though. Second best iron. I just looked at uh, all time strokes gain colon approach. Shots and Morikawa is 1.04. This is career and JT is 0.8. So great call there, Greg. Um, yeah, I just the, the tiger symmetry would be cool. Uh, he's he's just hitting it. You know, I think these greens are fairly small. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Rick. And smaller I, than average. Yeah, I think that with the with how good his approach play has been of late, that's just going to benefit him tremendously. And if he j- just put it like something close to average, and I think he'll be in it on Sunday. 
Two questions. If he wins this week, does it count towards the 25 that he needs in the next decade? Yes. You get OWGR points. I, you know what? This this bet's so impossible. I'll say yes, it does count. <laughs> okay, let me let me help you again thanks, here, Kyle. Thanks, Mark. Uh, if he, I'll try to get you one more. Uh, if he successfully defends his crown at the PNC Championship, does that also count? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Mark has a line, and he just drew it. What if he? What if he? What if they let him play with Charlie Woods? Will you count it then? No. <laughs> <laughs> Play your own ball for Pete's sake. I like that he, the number three player in the world showed up at the PNC and just dusted everybody and just like, thanks guys for the victory. Yeah, cool, cool. John Daly's son is like 14 years old and JT's just just smoking people at the PNC. Uh, Justin Thomas for myself, Kyle, and Greg. Mark is going with Jordan Spieth. Gentlemen, that will conclude our Hero World Challenge mega preview pod unless anyone... Has any final thoughts before we wrap? Well, my only thing is, can you guys imagine Jordan Spee changing a diaper? Just the consternation that goes into that. <laughs> Michael, Michael, what yeah, are we doing? Is the Greller talking through it the whole time? The anxiety, the the two minutes of anxiety there just has to be off the charts. <laughs> am, am I going to hurt his ankle? Do, do I hold his ankles? Or just or, off the charts. You you know in the pre-shot routine, he always stands there and Grella dangles the towel and Jordan's wiping yeah. his hands nonstop. Can you imagine how often he must wipe his hands when he's changing a diaper? Good I Lord. mean, well, he's got uh, plenty. Fortunately, he's got plenty of wipes sitting right there, so that's not an issue. How about this? The final group off on Thursday: Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau. Just open the mics. Uh, th- that is going to be. The, the the conversation the, the, angst. the, the, the yes it's going to be special i can't the wait the angst that. is just <laughs> well, strokes gain angst is <laughs> colon angst <laughs> yeah okay you can only fo- you can only watch one of these groups mark morikawa and rory that's going to be tough to stop you can stop yeah okay. that's that's right. i'm going with that one who's the other group though? just for, for the other group. the other two were spieth dechambeau or jt and kepka nah right i mean yeah rory morris that was that's true the, the best to watch pure golf wise yeah the golf swings and the play but i, I don't think that's going to be nearly as fun as dechambeau and and spieth I, I think it's crazy that Bryson's only won one time this year. It feels like he's won like eight times and he's only won once. It was just yeah, Bay Hill. It, with the, I mean, Brooksy really got to him. It was tough no, for him. No top tens at majors. I will go on the record. We are going to get a Brooks Bryson pairing this week. Uh, let me tell you why. They reset after every round. Uh, there's only 20 players mm. and they are going off. 11 minutes apart so if they have the same score with a bunch of others it is more likely that they get paired up so i'm 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 gonna say we're gonna get it this week brooks and bryson i love that can you get a line on that hey well not to do not to completely derail this at the end but i'm trying to from from my book that i'm writing i'm trying to come up with my all nba team so like basically the five guys that mattered this year and I, oh. I can't do it. I did not I can't do say it. that. I thought you were picking guys to uh, the best five best no, basketball no, players. No, 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 no. Okay. That would just be like DJ and Gary Woodland playing two on five, basically. 
Yeah, Tony Finau, I guess, was probably pretty good. So, so the two locks are Rom and Morikawa. And this is relevant to the hero because I think it's a lot of the guys that have been awesome all year. So Rom and Morikawa are on the team. Spieth is on the team. And I can't I can't figure out the last two. Why is Spieth on the team? Because uh, he contended at two majors. He had like the second best strokes game number and he won. And what he had a ton of top tens. And it was the comeback, right? I mean, he was what eighty second in the world. The yeah, but you can't vote on comeback for the All NBA team. Can well, you? That's about, the comeback player about, of the year. What about Xander? Uh, he didn't. Well, he won the Olympics, but he just he didn't. Yeah, I mean, he's in that group that I'm trying to choose from. Does Phil have a chance? Hideki? No, no chance. Hideki's okay. in the group. Cantley's in the group. Brooks, you, know Brooks, who's, Bryson you know who's Bryson finishes? Cantley should be. Yeah, Cantley, I think should be in. Cantley, I struggled with. Cantley, I struggled with because he played terribly at the majors. Well, terribly. It's all relative. He didn't. He didn't play that great at the majors, and he won. You know, two of his wins were Memorial, and we already talked about this a ton. And the the Tour Championship, the Net Tour Championship. Uh, he's definitely in the conversation, but I'm, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what to do with the last two spots. Who's Tazen and, and Kepka are also up there. If there's, you know, I, someone asked me to rank memorable events or shots I've seen this year. Now, I wasn't there for the BMW, but I was riveted to the television yeah. in that final round and the way so, he played there. I mean, that's enough to make an argument for, for Patrick Cantley. All the long. I agree. It was the best non-major of the year, I think. Uh, I know this doesn't translate perfectly, but we'd like to know the five players who earned the most official world golf ranking points this year. I think I know them. Go ahead. Uh, do you want to do it in order or just, just randomly? No, I can't do it in order. Okay. Spieth? Number three. Um, Rom? No. Number two. Can't lay. No. Number nine. Can't. Oh. Uh, he's one of the weird ones. Morikawa. Yeah, number one. Uh, so you have one, two, and three. You need four and five. I think JT was up there. JT was 13th. Oh. He fell. I mean, he fell from third to six. He had that weird Hovland? stretch after he won the players. Hovland was five. Okay. One more. Hovland's kind of in the uh, probably Usti's in maybe. Usti was fourteenth. I don't think he played enough. Um, One big old name in number four. <laughs> uh, had Bryson. a baby this year. No, Rom. Just one, one, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Kokrak, oh, Rory McIlroy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because he had two victories. Oh. Yeah. He didn't have. A, he had a baby last year. Didn't he? Was that last year? Yeah. I don't know. Time, yeah. I don't even know what year anything. Those two anymore. years blended. Yeah, seriously, they really they did. Tour champion. Yeah, they they did. Rick was borderline in the conversation also, but I think I might go Rom, Morikawa, Smith, Brooks, and Louis. Brooks. Brooks was great this year. He had three top tens at majors. He won. He was he was low key pretty good. He won one time, boss. Yeah, but who who won who won more than that? Candler. He was so bad in the majors. Like you can't just you can't just like <laughs> player of the year, baby. 
Well, that, but that was the season, right? That, that I'm just talking about 2021. I mean, Harris English won twice and won a Ryder Cup. Yeah, goal there. Yeah, that was a good goal. Too. He's pretty bad in the middle of the season, though. Yeah, there was a lot of weird years for guys. It's, it's your it's your book. You write it. We'll read it. I still think I think the four of us and Jacob could take on that team on the court. Just saying. Uh, more, uh, keep uh, DJ. Yeah, keep DJ off. Yeah, if you keep DJ away, could we take Rom, Morikawa, Cantlay, Spieth, and Louis Oosthuizen in basketball for sure? I, I would. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have to cover Morikawa. You fools Who's haven't it? seen me dribble a basketball. <laughs> he doesn't matter. Can you can you imagine? <laughs> well, maybe we bring Coach in. Oosthuizen and Cantlay trying to run a high pick and roll—that's not happening. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Hold on, real quick. I've got to get out of here. But David in the chat said very specifically, <laughs> Rom would bully Greg. That, that would happen. <laughs> Which is true. That, but Greg's got great Nerf basketball skills. Yeah, I, I mean, I thrive on speed. We have completely different styles. I'm much more of a finesse player than, than John Rom. <laughs> This would be like when Shaq used to just dunk on fools in the early 2000s. Just hang on. Amazing. All right, I mean, I'd, I'd hope that we'd keep him out of the paint. We could play a little zone. I mean, we'd come up with a strategy yeah. here. Yeah. You wouldn't let me go one-on-one -on -one with John Rahm. <laughs> no, we would not. You're right. We would not. Uh, on that note, thank you all. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, Mark Immelman. You can find him at Mark underscore Immelman. Greg Ducharme would not be bullied. By John Rom at the real GFD, Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.